for coaches by coaches. This is Soccer Chat with Nick Rizzo and Sean Sauterly. Brought to you by social media for high school athletes. It's not every day that we get to have legends on Soccer Chat. And we're here currently as we're looking around. Where's the legends at? Uh, we're here at the exhibit hall. Uh, at the United Soccer Coaches Convention. We were at the Keeper Goals booth with uh, the good friends of ours from Keeper Goals. They were nice enough to uh, get some of their friends to come out here with us, and and we're going to start off with a bang. We're starting off with a bang. We have the legend with us, Mr. Peter Wilt. Peter, how you doing? Fantastic. Good morning. How are you guys doing? We, we're we feeling great. Now we're great. We're, yeah, this <laughs> right is, now. We're great now. I was a little worried because the, the exhibit floor didn't open until 10 o'clock, yeah. and it's been advertised I'll be on the podcast at 10 o'clock, so I'm like waiting right there, you know, I'm like in my starter block, ready to go. <laughs> well, boom, as soon as it opened. I got I mean, here as quick as I could. He did jog up if you guys missed it. He was jogging over. He did a great job. He did a great job. You look like you could play still. <laughs> That's the most running I've done uh, 20 years. <laughs> so obviously, you know, people. Uh, most people know your story. Uh, what's kind of a quick background uh, on everywhere you've been and everything you've done? You have oh, 30 gosh. seconds. Go. No, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. We're kidding, we're kidding. No, I mean, I, I start professional soccer clubs, and I, I guess it's a kind of a unique niche. Um, I've been in the business since uh, working with the Milwaukee Wave indoor soccer team in the late 80s. And, uh, you know, yesterday, this is such a great convention. Just yesterday alone, I ran into, I think, four of the pioneer Milwaukee Wave players. Louis Bennett, Tony Pierce, Pete Knezic, Larry Sunderland. And these are guys that have been given to the game for decades and decades. But, you know, after the Wave, I went on and I was fortunate to win a championship with the Chicago Power uh, with Pato Marhetic in the Indoor League, and then went up to Minnesota um, when Minnesota Thunder turned professional with uh, the Lagos family. And then the Chicago MLS team recruited me to come down when uh, they started. And, of course, it became the Chicago Fire. And um, You guys did we okay. Hired, we did okay. We yeah, did you did okay. okay your first few years there. We did okay. We hired Bob Bradley <laughs> as our head coach and uh, hired incredible off-field staff as well as on-field staff and the, the talent we were able to build that first year is amongst the best MLS has ever seen yep. and we won a number of championships there and I've gone on to uh, start uh, the Chicago Red Stars uh, now with NWSL and uh, Indy 11 uh, USL Championship Yes. and uh, now I'm back in Wisconsin I'm, uh, and uh, starting some teams uh, up there what, uh, you know, for, I guess for those of us who coaches, most of us don't know that front office life and, and what goes on through building a staff, not just in the front office, but also helping create that coaching staff. Obviously, as, as coaches, you know, we recruit players. So in, in, on the other side, you're basically recruiting coaches and, and office people. What is it that you look for when you are creating? Because it's proven to be successful. Yeah, you know, it's uh, a lot of um, comparisons to building a team on the field is building the team off the field. You're looking to uh, hire people that are talented, hardworking, have good character, and communicate well. You get those characteristics right, and I think you're going to have a successful team, whether it's on the field or off the field. It's, it, for me, you, nowadays, I guess in this day and age, the business side of sports has really kind of stepped in the forefront and, and kind of changed the way the landscape of sports is because we all do look at sports completely different now, whether it's player transfers or coaches getting signed and okay, well, as soon as they sign, well, what's the contract like? Because if they leave, how much do they got to pay and stuff like that. 
How, just from your role, how has the game changed on your side uh, over the last year since you've been doing it? Yeah, it's uh, and I'm kind of a dinosaur in that. Um, you don't look <laughs> more than 23 years old right I mean, now. Like you could call me. You probably still get carded when you go out. <laughs> Absolutely, um, but you know, I'm a dinosaur because I'm one of the last that has overseen both the, the, the technical side and uh, the front office side, the commercial side, uh, and you know, both areas have changed and evolved over over time. Uh, not the least of which is the talent pool in both sides. I mean the. The player talent obviously has grown immensely in this country over the last 30 or 40 years, uh, both domestically and access to international players who now are attracted to play in the United States, maybe more so than a, a couple decades ago. Uh, and then the front office pool, holy cow, has it improved. I mean, we used to have to take people with sports experience in other sports and teach them soccer or soccer people and teach them business. But now there are so many people that have grown up with the game, they've gotten internships in the game, uh, and there's different parts of it, whether it's professional, amateur, collegiate. Uh, the experiences they bring are broad, and our choices for hiring are, are much deeper than it had been in the past. What's been some of your favorite memories that, like over the last, like, I mean, again, I'm asking you to think of one for across an entire incredible career. What's been some of your favorite memories or things that you really enjoyed so, like, throughout your career? You know, it's a couple of things. I mean, certainly you, you point to trophies and championships and, and celebrations like that. I've been fortunate to be involved with um, many of them. Uh, but more so, the, the memories are the people. And I think coming to a convention like this, you're reminded of that. You see... Um, you know, we're kidding beforehand about how this is almost like a high school reunion where you see people you haven't seen all year or in some cases five years or ten years or longer and getting to catch up with them and remembering that you know, that's what this sport is about is the people and um, they make the real memories. Yeah, it's, been, it's cool to hear you say that because that's a sentiment that's been repeated and repeated. We've interviewed quite a few people this weekend who's had long careers and everyone that's had a long career, a successful long career like yourself, has said the exact same thing. Like not one person has talked about a national championship or an MLS Cup. Like, and those things get mentioned by me and Sean because those are cool to us. But the people that actually experience them repeatedly are just saying how much they enjoy seeing all their old friends and all the old people that they were around. I think part of it is this industry we're in. I mean, soccer has been a niche industry for a long time. It's now finally mainstreaming. Uh, but the people who have been in it uh, for a long time kind of feel a special camaraderie because they've uh, kind of gone to battle together in <clears throat> an industry that hasn't always been embraced by uh, society as a whole. So we've fought this battle and now we're at the point where the sport is being embraced and it's mainstreaming. And it's kind of cool uh, to be in it uh, together and, and, and see not just the light of the, at the end of the tunnel, but actually being at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And also, like, you know, all the places you've been, they, they all have to feel like children of yours to where when you do move on and say, you know, the team that you're at now, you look back and you still keep up with the team you had two teams ago and you look, you get a sense of pride like like it's like it's your child. Yeah. How, how often do you, you know, obviously you probably keep up a little bit with, uh, if you can, with uh, all the teams that you've been a part oh, of. Oh, no, absolutely. And, you know, I was having this discussion a couple of days ago about uh, the Chicago Fire being my baby and, 
it, it, it truly is because the Flyers are also my hometown team. I'm uh, a native of McHenry, Illinois, outside Chicago, and grew up a fan of all the Chicago yep. sports teams except the Cubs. Uh, but <laughs> um, it's, it's uh, yeah, Indy 11, the Red Stars, um, Minnesota United is actually an outgrowth of the Minnesota Thunder. Uh, and, of course, the Chicago Fire and the Milwaukee Wave uh, are, are all uh, teams I'm very proud of, and I enjoy seeing them uh, uh, continue uh, to have success. And, you know, in some cases you've got uh, problem children that you, you hope will uh, <laughs> turn, will things around. turn things around and, and get back on course. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've got some uh, loyalties uh, throughout the country. and it's, You know, you have a lot of children, and... Um, Try not to have a favorite one. <laughs> well, I think, I, I, I mean, I can speak for myself. I've coached for so many teams to where I still, as much as I can, keep up with the ones where I've been before. Because, you know, especially like in your side, maybe us as a coach, when we're with high school programs and we're trying to build these programs up to give them some way, and then we go off and you want to make sure somebody's taking care of it because, you know, you did all this work to, to build the house. <laughs> right. I guess it is basically like buying a house or building a house. You build the house and all of a sudden you decide to sell. You know, anytime you're around the area, you, you might you drive, drive by. Just, you know, yeah, it's gone. Uh, so yeah. you know, I, for me, like I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine. You know, being you and and all the teams that you've worked with, the people that you've worked with, and, and checking in on them, and and how much success you know, not just the players, the coaches have, but also, also the front office people uh, have. Who are some some uh, maybe some behind the scenes people that uh, the soccer soccer community may not know? Who uh, you know, we're not saying the favorite children. Uh, but just uh, maybe some names to, to kind of look out for. Yeah, well, you know, I've been fortunate uh, to have some really talented people, and I, I oftentimes go back to the Chicago Fire days when uh, our initial staff of about 20 people you know, turned out so many uh, future general managers, uh, real leaders in industry, and I'm very proud of those folks. But mm-hmm. over the years, I've had, I think, three... Uh, particularly talented people that have helped me look a lot better. And, you know, Steve Pastorino is one of the first ones um, with the Chicago Fire, our assistant general manager there, who went on to become general manager of Real Salt Lake and um, uh, worked high-level jobs with the Oakland A's, uh, the American Team Handball Federation, and is now with the Las Vegas Lights in USL Championship. Uh, Indy 11, Tom Dunmore, who's a former chairman of Section 8 Chicago, was my right-hand person down there, and did a lot of the work behind the scenes that uh, contributed to the success of Indy 11. And now with um, uh, the team we're starting in Madison, Forward Madison FC, got uh, some really talented people, uh, including Cuba Cristona, I could never say his name right, (laughs) Cuba Cristoniak. Close as I'm going to get. Sorry, Cuba. Uh, <laughs> Much better than I would have done. Dude, yeah, yeah we butcher way easier names than that all the time. So, uh, Cuba is doing an amazing job with um, fan engagement, marketing, digital media, and it's uh, people like him and others that really are the backbone of these organizations that are the feet on the ground that make it successful, as well as on the team side. You know, the coaches, you know, I've been fortunate to work with. Bob Bradley and Dave Sarakin and Tim Regan and Tim Hankinson and uh, Daryl Shore, who I had the good fortune to work with in Chicago when he was there as an assistant coach for a long time. 
He was there for a decade, and now uh, we he hired was, him. He was my coach in, when I was younger. Is that right? Yep, I had Daryl Shore for two years. I played for Chicago Fire. Oh, fantastic. He was awesome. Daryl's an unbelievable guy. He's an incredibly talented coach, and now he's our head coach at Forward Madison. Oh, it's so cool. Putting together a great team that I think will compete for a championship. And now you have another team to support. Yeah, I have another team to support. I think my favorite part was when we saw the description. Obviously, when we saw your name, uh, when we got your name, we knew exactly where you were. I thought you, before I knew, is forward Madison FC. I thought you were describing yourself as a forward for Madison FC. <laughs> That's very like, true. I was like, I, I, I want to see it. I think I think people pay a lot of money to come watch Peter Rowe play up top again. Well, it's funny. Uh, most of the players we signed early on were attacking players. You know? <laughs> it makes total sense. <laughs> My kind of team. And now it's a goalkeeper or I think maybe one defender uh, to this point. So uh, we'll score a lot of goals. Uh, hopefully more than we give up. Foot's creep. Just go. Just go. <laughs> so kind of, you know, for, for people who may... Uh, are, are maybe late to the news about the new team forward Madison FC. Just kind of a quick little preview of uh, what you guys got going on over there. So it's a USL. Other than uh, we're just assigning all the tacking players. <laughs> so it's um, a product of the vision of uh, big top sports and entertainment. Uh, they already have four uh, Northwoods League uh, summer collegiate baseball teams in Madison, Green Bay, Kenosha, and Wisconsin Rapids and do a fantastic job and and have for almost 20 years. Uh, the Madison Mallards uh, baseball team averages uh, more than 6,000 fans a game, and it's, it's a real great cultural experience in Madison. Uh, and the ownership uh, decided that um, uh, high-level soccer in Wisconsin would be a good complement to what they do. So they're starting with uh, two teams this spring, Forward Madison FC, they'll play in the third division USL League One, and then uh, one in Green Bay. The Green Bay team will play in USL League Two and play in uh, Capital Credit Union Park, a brand new 4,000 capacity stadium that's being built for uh, our baseball and soccer teams uh, that will start there in late May. Uh, eventually, we hope to get to other outposts in Wisconsin and really bring the sport to the masses in the state. So uh, anybody who's wanting to try to get more information on uh, Forward Madison FC, how could they do so? I'll go to the website. It's forwardmadisonfc.com. Oh, that's really tricky to remember. I was going to say, you made it as easy as possible for the dumb guys like me and Sean looking for it. Yeah. And maybe if somebody wants to contact you, I know you're kind of you're big on the Twitter. And uh, how can yeah, people yeah, get hold yeah, of you no, there? People can reach me on the Twitter <laughs> at Peter Wilt One. I really that's don't know why I always refer to it as the Twitter. It's like the MLS. Well, I think that for us, it's such a cool guy, cool thing to have you on. He's a Chicago Fire guy. I'm an Indy Eleven guy. This is like a, a, a dream for us to be able to sit here and be with. Uh, see. We had the Gandalf of goalkeeping yesterday. Yeah, this, I think we just we have like the creator. The creator is with us right now. We have now. God. We have God. We, yeah, <laughs> yes. I know about that. But, no, it's been a real honor being on with you guys. Thank you for your contributions to soccer and for having me on. And cool. without people like you, we wouldn't be here. So thank you so much. Yeah, my pleasure, Sean. Also, one of the friends uh, from Keeper Goals with us here is probably the biggest uh, icon of the group today that we've <laughs> yeah, got. That's right. That's uh, right. So, introduce yourself to everybody and tell us what you do. Yeah, my name is Steve Lawrence. I'm the head uh, of our soccer coach at Market High School. Uh, I've been doing that for about 13 years. And I actually just started working over here at Keeper Goals as well to get into sporting equipment and soccer goals. So, exciting. And if anyone hasn't or doesn't know about Marquette High School in Wisconsin, you need to take it out. There's one of the things I'm curious about before we even get started in your yeah. career is what is it, how it, 
How difficult is it to maintain such a successful program at a high school where you don't get to recruit, yeah. you don't get to do all these things? Because Marquette High School, I mean, like across the country, like you guys are known as yeah. being one of the best soccer schools in the country. How has that been for you? Yeah, I mean, one one advantage I had was I played there. Yeah. So I played for Bob Spielman there, oh, and awesome. um, I kind of know the history. So yeah. with Bob Gansler starting the program. <laughs> yeah. Um, you got some pride right <laughs> yeah, there. Exactly. So, you, and you have an easy selling point yeah. to say, why don't, I, why don't I go to that program? Yeah. But I think there's a sense of pride in the program, and just when you win, people want to keep winning and they enjoy it and they have fun with it. And the kids see that. And I think if we can make a fun environment where they learn and develop, they want to be a part of that, and it kind of carries forward. And it, hopefully, it, the the piece of work speaks for itself, and people pass the word on. This is the experience I had. I want to give them the same experience I had. I had an awesome experience with playing for Bob Spielman there and how much I learned. So I think we just keep doing what we've done for the last, actually we have our 50th anniversary for soccer coming up this fall. So it's been going on for a long time. And, yeah, we've done things now on the playing a lot of teams nationally and around around the uh, around the U.S., and I think that's kind of helped give exposure to what Market High soccer is all about in Milwaukee soccer. Yeah, absolutely. You talked about it a little bit with you, obviously, were a player there. Give us a little bit of background to how you got to being the head coach there, what your yeah. experience is, not only like growing up, but also got in coaching to get to this point. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting. I was uh, I went to Market High, then Market U for four years, and then I played the Wave United, had an A-League team for two years. So nice. uh, they were trying to get indoor players, outdoor players, and trying to make like a year-round kind of team. So we did that for two years, and Bob Spielman was uh, the assistant coach of the team. So when that folded... Um, He's like, well, why don't you come help coach at Market Eye? I'm like, well, that'd be great. I'd love to learn from you. And then about two weeks later, he said, I'm going to UWM to coach. And I, I'm like, okay. And he's like, what do you think about coaching? I'm like, I don't know. I've never coached before. <laughs> <laughs> and I worked it out. And actually, John Moynihan, uh, from, who yep. owns Keeper Goals. Oh, so I was like, well, if John and their other assistant, Robin, want to help me out, I'd love to try to take it on and, and kind of carry the tradition forward. And it worked out. The first In my first four years we won one state championship and Bob won 20 in 27 years. So I was thinking, yeah, I don't know how long this is going to last. Uh, this, this might work out. And then we've kind of hit a roll now. And now I think nine of the last 13 years we won state championships. I think it's just, again, carrying the tradition on. Find, I had to find kind of my mold in yep. soccer. Like as a coach, you got to kind of find your own personality. I was trying to be other coaches I had, yep. their personality. Once I found my personality and started connecting with the kids, I think coaching became easy, became fun. And kind of got me to where I am now. Yeah, I think we all struggle with that in the beginning. I always joke with the same, I have the exact same story where I'm like, the movie Miracle had just come out and Herb Brooks, and I, <laughs> it's so cool to be that guy, but I'm also, oh, yeah. when you see me now, I still look young, and again, I was a 20-year-old kid trying to do the exact same thing, so yeah. I think we're all trying to find that. What were some of the things that you found in that those first few years that really changed you to become the coach you are now like and have the success that you guys have Yeah, had? I think a couple of things is, I try to be a hard ass. Yeah. <laughs> sort of yeah, there, no, we can that's yeah, all right, that's I figured. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think I was trying to be too hard and too like you said, like get on the line, blow yeah. the whistle, yeah. run. And I thought it was all like, hey, I'm gonna get them. I'm gonna yell at them when they're mad. I'm gonna just always be on them. And I think I kind of settled down and said, you know what? Let's just worry about coaching and yeah, playing. Exactly. You know, what I mean, once you figure it out, it's like the kids want to have fun. Yeah. You want to have fun. If you set up uh, activities that are are good for them and if they want to take a part of you're going to have success and once we started doing that and started like getting a comfort zone with them coming to me and not being afraid of me and kind of making the connection from a personal side 
I think that's when things take off, and uh, that's what I really learned was if you can connect with the players, you can have success. And we really started doing that after about the first couple years because the first couple years, I think I was so focused on, i got to win. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, well, then I thought about it. I'm like, I'm a high school coach. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm not making millions of dollars to do this, so i got to have fun with this. And once I started doing that, it was good. Yeah, that's, like, that's the downfall of being a high school coach. Oh, yep. I'm not making the millions of dollars yeah. doing this. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. It's like you you got to really want to do it for fun. <laughs> yes. And I look at it as my way to get back to the school, to be yeah. honest. It's like I'm not making – millions of dollars so hey i can at least give back to the coaching so although if there is a high school somewhere paying millions of dollars for coaches the three of us will gladly sign yeah, up yeah, for it. yeah yeah let me know we, all right let me know where we will give our to. contact info at the end and we will be the best trio of coaches you've ever had <laughs> yeah that's right we are totally <laughs> worth that value yeah right <laughs> <laughs> no but that's awesome like and then like hey, like the past few years what are some of the things that you've really enjoyed about your experience the teams you've been working with players that you've been yeah. working with yeah i mean i'm fortunate enough that i think about every year we have one to two division one guys on yep. the team so um i think in 2011 we had a kid patrick hodan yep. uh, he ended up going to notre dame yep. won a national championship with them and kind of seeing that and like seeing players like that that follow through we had a kid logan andrick that uh, uh went to msoe yeah, division three player of the year American. yeah he like sucked. guys like that I, i've had the opportunity to coach and um I think I just feel fortunate to have players that want to be there, want to come work the work every day. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a lot of coaches, I got eight guys that want to work. I got eight guys that just want to hang out with their buddies. Yeah. And you got to try to find that mesh. I got everyone that wants to be on the field, everyone that wants to play, and it's a competitive environment. And I think that's key. If you can get a competitive environment and have that, it's fun. Yeah. Like you got to have that competition to make it fun, and you can you can do whatever you want with it from there. So I think over the last two years, that's – that's really kind of I've seen more and more of that. Even though we might have had, we've had teams where we've had 18 college players out of 22 on the roster. So we've, I've had that, but lately we haven't had as many of those. But they all still want to be competitive and all still playing, and it's fun. They, yeah. they, they feel part of it. I feel part of it, and it's good. Very first practice. What was it like? So, because it's very it was, detailed it on was, our podcast was, about how horrible mine oh was. Oh my god, <laughs> Sean loves it. Was, it was a nightmare because we had tryouts because we have all these boys and I set up fitness first day 5 a.m. <laughs> my coach used to do that 5 a.m. go out there and it was a nightmare I just had them running and I was then they didn't like they didn't like it so I was getting mad at them and it was like 5 45 in the morning and I'm thinking what am I doing on here? I, don't, I'm, I sleep in I don't even yeah. like to be here that's what I was just used to but yeah I was just like so nervous and then I was like I had like every cone set up and certain things. And I'm like, oh, I don't have that many numbers for this, so I got to change this now. And I'm like panicking and running around. Yeah, it was a mess. Like the first day, just figuring out the landscape of it and what what the heck you're gonna do. What uh, for for someone in, in your position? What does uh, convention do for you? You know, what is it that you come here to look for? Obviously, besides. Yeah. Uh, put out these amazing products from keeper goals that's right that's uh but maybe some of the lectures and sessions what are some that stick out to you that you say to yourself like hey i'm gonna take a break from this real quick because i need to go watch this yeah um i think i mean one thing i always say to the coaches that i talk with is even if you don't like the session that's going out there you can always take one or two things from any session yep so i know whatever clinic i can go to even if it's not something i'm excited about i'm gonna get something away from that and i I, I wanted to come here, hey, set pieces or something we, we struggle at. And I, Randy Waldrum yeah. had a session on it, and it was all about how to not stand around and have your kids stand around when you're working on corner kicks. Holy crap, it like opened my mind up to so many things. Like, all right, yeah, that's right. We could have people doing this, 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 not just standing in the back watching me tell you where to run. And it's little things like that that I think you, you come back, and that's going to 
kind of grow what we do because if you do the same thing every year, yeah, kids <laughs> practice, get that rhythm kids get, and it's like it's not. Yeah, it's, it's you need to expect. insert some new things yep. every once. So in a while. coming out here, I mean, you know, you're going to pick up new ideas no matter what, and. Uh, I already got three or four that I'm excited to go back with. He's already he's rubbing I'm his already, hands right yeah, now. Yeah, right. Like, I know. Here when's, we go. <laughs> when's tryouts again? Boys. It's not August yet. What? <laughs> what uh, you know? So what's some of the connections that you've made here in your time at Keeper Goals, and kind of uh, uh, put some plugs in for them? Yeah. So um, there's a couple people that I've um, that I played with uh, at Marquette U that I've kind of bumped into over here, and oh, you coach at. Uh, Jeremy Evans over at Lake Tahoe Community College out in Arizona. And it's like, oh, what you get together? He's like, what's keeper goals? And we start talking about it. Um, I don't know if you guys know Eric Stratman. He does the uh, high school American game. Okay. Oh, nice. uh, good guy. You guys should meet him sometimes. Yeah, he's a great guy. Um, and I, he's a guy that's very well connected out in the, the community, uh, the soccer community for high school. He does a national tournament down in Burlington, Iowa every year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we uh, talk to him a lot. And I've just been a lot of coaches that, we've, that I've played against because we are fortunate enough to play against teams all around the U.S. So I've just been slowly kind of reaching out to them saying, Hey, I'm not going to be the sales guy that's annoying you all the time, but hey, check out what we do here. Yeah, exactly. This is kind of cool, and and keep your keep me in mind, and yeah. just kind of making those slowly, little by little, hopefully, and helping the company. What are some cool products out that you think uh, coaches should be checking out? Yeah, I, I definitely think. I mean, I think the shelters that uh, that Keeper Goals does, they do. Uh, they can custom. We can custom. We now I should say we, huh? Yeah, <laughs> can, right, yeah. I'm used to say they. Uh, we could custom make uh, shelters out there that we can put seats in, and we can put elevated levels into and you, you might have seen it over around where you, yep. you have the you know, they did it at Marquette University and I think that's a cool thing that we, if you have a budget we can make something work and get you something cool so those shelters I think have been cool little things it like would make your field be even oh, more man. spectacular way it is yeah like, yeah yeah we, just we, to just to see that or put a little signage on that yep. and now it's like holy cow it's a whole new thing and and just some of the, the soccer goals these little soccer goals that yep. we make they're they're very uh, they're very well made from steel and 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 good products that they're not going to kick a ball into it and the thing goes flying yep. away and now you got to go pick it up and put it back in the ground so i think just the soccer goals and the shelters have been i, I was checking them out earlier and like we have it's super windy down mammoth standing in the middle of nowhere so we get a lot of wind sometimes <laughs> i was looking i was like man ours ours blow over quite a yeah, bit like that yeah. doesn't look like yeah, it those things aren't moving big. those no. things aren't moving yeah <laughs> yeah and it was cool to be a part with uh, with Kyle Martino and the stuff he was doing, and yeah. John helped uh, helped him out with that in terms of building out a product that uh, hopefully it can work with uh, basketball courts and soccer yep. courts out there. That'd be that's hopefully something coming down the road here. So there's a coach out there who's listening right now, and they want to contact you, whether it's about uh, what you're doing with your team or they're looking into buying some goals. They want some custom goals. They want some custom uh, dugout areas. How can people get a hold of you? Yeah. Um, a lot of different ways. I'm on social media a lot. I follow you guys yeah, yeah, all the yeah. time, so make sure you follow Soccer <laughs> Chat because you guys do a good job oh, there. Thank you. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's social media. I mean, Facebook, Twitter. I have pages for the high school team. We got Keeper Goals pages there. Otherwise, yeah, just shoot me an email at Steve Lawrence at KeeperGoals.com or give me a call. And I, I got to learn my phone number yet, so I'm going to focus on the on the email right now. <laughs> but. Uh, six months to figure out his Twitter name. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. All right, good. At the I end of every better. show, Sean's like, "And hey, Nick, what's your Twitter?" And I'd be like. Then I would recite it for him. So he would <laughs> I'd be like, yeah. trying to find it real quick. So the fact that you were able to do all those things, you're already better than me. So. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. All right, thank you so much yeah, for coming on. Nice meeting you guys. Hey, thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, thanks a lot. There's always the brains behind every operation. And we have with us currently the brains of Keeper Goals, John Monahan. And, you know, John, kind of, uh, uh, if somebody's interested in what Keeper Goals is doing, uh, kind of give everybody some, some detailed background. Well, um, 
very long story. I'll try to make short. A uh, long time ago, my dad and his best friend started a steel job shop, and someone asked to make a basketball pole first. He did. Someone asked to make a soccer goal. He did. And then as things gravitated, we, people kept asking us to make things, and we said, sure, we can make it. We've always thought, hey, if you're going to make something, make it right. Uh, make something that's going to last and make something that you yourself would want to buy. So all our products have basically come from someone asking us for that. Um, and then I was figuring out a way to make it at least economical, uh, efficient, and safe and durable. Um, we have a lot of different styles of soccer goals and other equipment, and all of them came because someone said, can you do that? And, um, and um, my dad's a little pig-headed, and he would normally say, uh, yeah, I, I'll we'll figure it out. It, we'll figure it out. We'll <laughs> do it. And um, that's kind of how we started doing it. Now almost everything we do is sporting goods related. Soccer is obviously our biggest uh, target market and our biggest sport that we do. Um, we do do things in other sports as well. But, but and you guys are currently do, work, doing more with the customs things as well. Yeah. Yeah. Every, almost every day someone calls us with some kind of customer request. And if enough people ask us for that customer request, then it becomes a product that we market. Um, and that's uh, like, like this goal here. Someone said, I want a box style goal, but I don't want, I can't put sleeves on the ground. So we made one without wheels first, just so he could move without doing concrete footings all the time. And we we're the first one who did that. And then someone saw that and said, hey, we, we want that, but we want wheels on it. And like, all right. So we figured a way to do that. And then we design changes, modifications, all, all that. So um, I have a really good group of people who are a lot smarter than me, and they figure out how to do those things. <laughs> and that's and why he's the brains of the operation. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Let let them do <laughs> let them do what they do well, and 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 on, for our behalf, they make us look good very often. So, what's uh, the coolest thing that you you think you guys do besides the customizing? Because that's obviously oh. a massive thing. But what's the what's the one product that if you thought to yourself, this is what everyone needs to have? What would it be? Well, I don't know that there's one that everyone needs to have in the, in the soccer field. Our our freestanding box style goals is is our most unique thing where we're different than everyone else. Everyone else requires a lot of weight built into their goal or to add weight to the goal to move it. you got to remove the weight in order to move the goal. We're the only ones who has a goal that can be moved with the weight on it that you you need to pass safety standards. Um, And it's, it's, it's a lot different than everyone else, but Turf fields going in, complexes they're going on, they're moving things off. And uh, football, soccer, shared fields for high schools, colleges. It just it, it's it's unique in it, um, and and it's it's something we do. We keep it just keeps growing and growing every year that we're doing those. So, but, what's been uh, or you know who are some of the, the the teams that people may know that you guys work with? Maybe it's local high schools. You know, what do you find yourself doing more work for? Oh, everything. Like, like the last talk over here was just with the Madison Pro Team. They're putting a uh, pro team in Madison. That's uh, my Madison teams. FC. Yeah, we learned we learned yeah, that a while ago. Correct. Yes. <laughs> Peter, Peter will tell you a lot about it. Um, they play an existing field that we did their football go posts. We did their stands. We did their goals. Um, they have to change out their goals because of league rules. Um, and they also want to cut some shelters. So, so there's groups like that that we do. The Chicago Fire, we've done work with down here for their dome and their home field. We don't do it for their game field because that was under a uh, contract. Uh, but we do a lot with different um, 
uh, I mean, those are some of the name ones, but uh, all the colleges around here, Loyola, DePaul, Marquette, UWM, uh, Wisconsin, Michigan, they all have equipment of ours. Most, we're, we're, we have a lot of good connections in the in the college market. And, uh, we need to get Monmouth in that list. I, want, I think I like. I don't know if like when he's naming all the really cool colleges, he's going to be able to insert Monmouth in there. But we we probably should get Monmouth. We, we, pro- we probably should. Yes, yes, yes. I forgot about that Monmouth. <laughs> Monmouth. Yes, and that, no, so. that's awesome. And like, for really, for people that what are like, what is your favorite product that you guys have? Oh, jeez. You know, you know what we we do really well back on netting. Okay. And we do portable back in day. We do freestand back new. We we do it really well, and it's a growing. Safety's a big thing. Yes. And and with the soccer, it's always okay. We want to stop that soccer ball going over yeah. there. Lacrosse soccer fields. There's different animal because yeah. now we got a hard ball that that's going to hurt someone. Yes. When when they're playing. So so right now, I mean, there's a in the industry. There's a big push to a let's get things safe for spectators, fans, other people. So these places that have tracks, they have no concessions for netting, they have lacrosse, they can't run track practice with lacrosse practice going on. So so there's things like that. Those things just keep coming up and up uh, a lot. Uh, and especially, you know, soccer people, they don't like fetching soccer balls. Yeah. So, no, so, we're lazy. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them. A lot of them. A lot of them. Coaches so. especially. Like, I see yeah. a ball over there, and my players are like, no, you can get back. Yeah. It's yes. like 15 feet away. Yeah. It's because he runs 20 miles every morning. It's true. It's because I, I exhaust myself for the wrong oh. reasons. Yeah, that's 20 miles more than me, so <laughs> that's good. Yeah. So if uh, there's somebody who's listening to this and they want to reach out to you guys about your products or they find something online, they, yep. hey, I want to know more about this, how can they get in contact with you? Uh, you through our, our website is keepergoals.com. Um, we have an 800 number on that uh, that they can call. Send us an email. We'll get uh, either myself or someone will get back to them uh, normally within a day on, on info what they need. So. Thank you so much for having us here, having us uh, at your guys' function last night and uh, getting to meet you at the Wisconsin Women's Symposium as well. Uh, you guys have been a tremendous help for us, and whatever we can do to help you in the future, just let us know. Appreciate it. Thanks for your help, too, guys. Thank, Thank you so much. You. The brains of the operation John at Keeper Goals, John Monahan. The main this is my new here. friend, Sean. Nick's over there. <laughs> Nick's over on this side. He's always hiding. There he is. There he is. All right, so we have with us here, just to make sure we're recording down here. Okay, we are perfect. So, you know, we've been hyping up the Keeper Goals uh, soccer chat here live at the United Soccer Coaches Convention, and we have with us the newly dubbed main event. (laughs) This is Rich Manning, the head coach at the University of Utah. And, you know, Rich, I was was talking to, uh, to your better half a while ago, and I said, my new goal, I always try to set goals for 2019 of trying to get things, trying to make something a thing. And my new job is to make the University of Utah start producing graphics for you that has the main event. I love it. With your picture on it. I love it. <laughs> we could, You used the hashtag this morning, so it, it's a thing. We've got to go with it. Yes, I'm down with it. <laughs> All the way. So, uh, you know, Soccer Chat's always about the coaches and their journeys. Uh, you know, kind of a, a quick, because obviously we want to have you on for a long show where we can get into the stories of, of where all of you have been and what you've done uh, into complete detail. But just uh, kind of give a brief background to yourself to everybody who may not know. Yeah, well, the elevator version like is, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I grew up in Los Angeles, and I played at Santa Clara, and actually played for Ralph Perez, who's uh, the World Cup assistant in 1990, <laughs> and then my last year, Steve Sampson was my coach, it was his first year in Santa Clara, so I had some really good uh, coaching role models there. Um, I taught high school math and coached boy soccer, didn't want to touch girls, and my friend Larry Dralek, who started the SoCal Blues down in L.A., uh, 
twisted my arm and said, you got to coach girls. I was like, no way, no way. And he helped coach my goalies for a season as a trade-off. And then I've been coaching girls since 1993. I went back up to Santa Clara to coach. Brandy Chastain was, is married to Jerry Smith, the head coach at Santa Clara. And she was his assistant coach, and she had to stop coaching because the U.S. national team was going on a to Florida for a residency to get ready for the 1999 Women's World Cup. So I was at Santa Clara from 1999 to 2001. We won a championship in 2001. It was great. And I moved to Salt Lake City right after the Olympics, and I've been there ever since. That's awesome. Wow. I mean, it, it's, we're glad that Brandy took that little hiatus from coaching. She had a small role in that 99 World Cup for the people that haven't ever watched soccer before. But for us, that's awesome, and that's such a cool story. With everything that you've done at Utah, what's been some of the things that you've really enjoyed uh, in Salt Lake City with uh, Utah and everything that you've done there? Well, it's, it's an incredible city. People that go there are like, wow, we didn't know, you know, and it's a really nice place to live. My brother has moved out there from California, my sister. I pulled Sue from Purdue University out to live with us. Um, so it's a really beautiful place to live. And we've been there at a beautiful, a great group time of growth for the university. We moved into the Pac-12 eight years ago, and it's been great for the academic side as well as the athletic side. And it's a cool sports town. It's a cool, we say there's a city in your front yard, there's a mountains in your backyard, <laughs> and you can, we live five minutes from hikes and ski slopes and everything. And uh, so it's been really, it's been, it's been like jumping on a little acorn that's grown up while I've been there, and that's been really fun. It, for me, it was awesome uh, getting, getting to meet you here and, and obviously at the uh, uh, the Wisconsin Women's Soccer Symposium talking to Sue about you. And she's like, oh, you got to get him on. you got to get him on. <laughs> and for me, it was cool because at first I thought two things. It's like Manning. Obviously, I'm a Peyton Manning guy. we got to figure out if there's any relation. And second, I was like, Utah. <laughs> it's the second name I've ever heard from Utah other than Keith Van Horn. So <laughs> he's got to be a, the massive uh, athletic figure at the university. And all I, I, I'm going to take at least one of those as true out of the two. So we'll go with uh, he's the massive uh, massive uh, athletic attraction because he is the main event. He's yeah, the main yes. event in Utah. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, obviously this season, uh, this is kind of now we're starting our, our, our postseason activities and we're getting ready for preseason. Where is your team at and, and, and your staff at now in the process of getting ready for the next school year? Well, we just started this week and uh, we had a, a really interesting season. We struggled the first part of the season in the fall. Um, lost a lot of games at that looks like five games in the last minute or overtime and then a bunch of kids got hurt and then we couldn't stop winning so it was an interesting season <laughs> that sounds like you're a coach of the year yeah, yeah. I felt like what am I doing I must be doing something wrong everybody's hurt and now we can't lose and we came in fourth place behind you know USC UCLA and Stanford who are three and of the that's best a stacked I was gonna say like it's not like you're not getting cupcakes every day in that no, conference no it's a great conference top to bottom it's a great challenge um, and we have a lot of returning players, and the kids are a little bit uh, fired up because they didn't make the tournament. They, we were a close miss for the tournament, and we have a lot of returning players. That, so maybe it's the best of both worlds. They had a good year. They're confident, but they're also upset. They're all hungry. They're, they're ready to go. Yeah, they, they say, you know, the winter training's kind of like, you know, hell on earth and yeah. stuff because <laughs> games are six months away, eight months yes. away. Uh, but I think this year they're like, okay, let's do this. You know? So it'll be interesting. That's awesome. What's the weather like in Utah right now? Uh, it's snowing here. Yeah, we got some. We got some interesting weather in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. We walked over. We walked over here from the hotel and some snow this morning. <laughs> it's it's uh, you know one week it could be beautiful and sunny, the next week it'll snow, and 
you just it's a nice place to go through the winter because you might have a great week in between the snowstorms and stuff and the snow's awesome uh, we have a nice indoor facility which helps um, but I'm an LA guy, so I'm still getting used to it. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> LA boy out in Utah, like that's gotta be. There's so many hills. What is this? <laughs> yeah, and there's a winter. What does that mean? Yeah, right. It's not dry and sunny all the time. Yeah. So, so you're basically like your first year was just like your incoming freshmen who were coming from other states of that adjustment to the environment. I think sometimes as coaches or maybe people on the outside don't think about that. Not only are the players making that adjustment when they go to the school, but also us as coaches, if we're not from that area, we're not used to the environment, we're not used to um, maybe uh, dialogue or some type of um, uh, part, product of that environment, it's also a struggle for us that those first couple of years getting adjusted used to it. Is there ever a part of you, because I always have to ask people from California this, because sometimes it is, sometimes not. Is there ever a part of you that will adjust to Utah, or will you always be the L.A. like mindset of, oh, the snow, this winter, skiing, I, I, I need the beach? Uh, yes and no. Like, I'm kind of used to it, but the whole everybody in the athletic department makes fun of me because I keep my jacket on in the indoor, <laughs> inside, in my office all winter. Well, they can make fun of me, too, because I would. I used I used to I used to say well you know you get ten years before your blood thickens but yeah. now I've been there more than ten years I, I don't have an excuse I'm just like I don't care I'm just wearing a jacket no no I was just fooling you guys the entire time it's yeah. cold here it's cold yeah. I lived in Michigan the last two years and my in laws and all the people at the, the club I worked with were like oh you'll get used to it you'll get used to it like you know I'm used to humidity where when it says it's eighty degrees it's actually like hundred and twenty and going up there we're like oh it's seventy degrees and I'm wearing a hoodie and sweatpants. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I never got used to it. So I think anybody who tells you that, like you said, they're liars. Yeah. You never, your body never gets used to it. Sean complains about walking over here every single day. I took the shuttle. I don't care. <laughs> you know, there's a couple of tunnels and bridges we can. <laughs> we can make it work. We can yeah, make it we can work. Make it. Well, we're we're a little bit farther than the uh, than the skywalk. So unfortunately, the, the shuttle is the, the best route for me. Plus, I got all the equipment I got to bring with me. Um, you know, your program for is you know we talked about the Pac-12 is just you know obviously historical conference and, and you know like Nick said no cupcakes anywhere on the schedule it's a very very tough one for someone who may not know much about Pac-12 soccer or maybe even just the University of Utah soccer itself uh, kind of uh, inform everybody and because you know with soccer chat we try to um, our thing is to create that attachment uh, to where our listeners now want to follow you they want to follow the team they're going to follow your players we want to see the progression we want to see the team win when everybody's healthy we don't need to get everybody hurt just to start winning Um, so what is it about the Pac-12 what about the University of Utah that makes it special for you well we hope everybody gets attached yes get attached (laughs) get attached now New hashtag, the main event, and get attached. Get attached. <laughs> attached to this. Utah soccer, uh, get attached. It, I love it. You it at really, least have two more fans right now. There we go. There we go. The hoodies are in the mail. Yes. yes. And if the uh, athletic department is, uh, is listening, you know, that whole get attached hashtag, we can get a little bit of credit for that. You, we'll take you, the small you credit. You can get all the credit you want. <laughs> um, the, the level is really a great level. I don't know if you saw the, the NWSL draft. Yeah. You know, the oh. first three, what, five out of the first six were Pac-12 players, and... Um, the quality is is uh, super high. There's really good coaches. Um, it's a great style of soccer. There's a little bit of mix. There's more physical direct teams, and then there's some teams that really ping the ball around. Um, we we try to keep. Our philosophy is, if we're playing against UCLA and Stanford and USC and Cal and these teams, like you don't want to be playing defense. No. So if we can keep the ball, the longer we can, the better, because we don't want their players to have the ball. So, you know, we try and do that. Um, we love playing the games. 
there's some really cool environments and you know you're playing you know pretty much a professional environment I mean a lot of these teams have a lot of pro future pros on the team um, and the level's really good so it's kind I, of Pac-12 soccer in a nutshell I think one of the coolest things for me whenever I watch the Pac-12 games on uh, like on TV actually I and I subscribe to the thing on it I think you guys get amazing crowds like we especially yeah. for for soccer out there college soccer I mean the games like you watch some of them and it's like there's a couple thousand people in the stands to watch a college soccer game and like that's pretty special like you I, I don't think you definitely don't get that everywhere and so for me whenever I watch your guys's games and on TV and I'm not even there in the environment you can feel the environment so for your players and for you as a coach it's got to be pretty cool when you have that many people cheering getting behind you almost every single night yeah, I, I think it's great. We, we probably, when we play BYU, it's got to be one of the top rivalries in college soccer. Uh, we had to turn 500 people away from our stadium this year, and they have a bigger stadium. They probably draw 6,000 when we play. That's unbelievable. And we, we have a couple thousand pushing people away. It's a really fun environment to play in. I saw SC played UCLA in the StubHub Center, the yep. Galaxy Stadium this year, and there was eight to 10,000 people. Yep. It looked unbelievable. And I was like, who wouldn't want to do that? Yeah. You know, really cool. No, that's pretty special. How's that, like, with those environments for your players, like, that's got to be the biggest crowd any of them have ever played in front of. What's your message for them going in front of those games against BYU where it's like, hey, like, there's going to be a lot of people watching you. Like, what is your message to them? How do they react? Well, they love that game because they can't hear me, and so they don't have to listen to me. <laughs> like, sorry, coach, sorry. Yeah. Like, you know, they do that when there's five people in the stadium. You know, they do that at practice, and now they have an excuse to, like, well, I don't know, I can't hear what you're saying. I thought you said this. Um, it, you know, we sell it. There's times we brought in the, the crowd speak, the speakers during practice that week yeah. just to get used to it and stuff. Um, but it's pretty special. I mean, I love it, too. I'm all fired up for the game as well. Uh, I'm fired up for Utah soccer I'm, already. Yeah, we're ready, we're ready to go. <laughs> ready to go. If uh, anybody wants more information on you, your program, how can they follow you guys on social media and get contact? Yeah, thanks. Well, I'm at Coach Manning on, on Twitter. And uh, our, all of our social media with the, with the program is at Utah W Soccer. Instagram, Twitter, and uh, Facebook, Snapchat. We can make one up, whatever we want now. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. But maybe we need to start a main event account or something. I right? think we do. I think the, the main event. So it, it makes me think of, you, you see some of these football programs, these basketball, basketball programs, they have a separate recruiting account where they post all the cool graphics and videos and stuff like that. Maybe that's the Utah soccer recruiting thing is yep. the main event. The main event. I love it. Or get attached. One of the two. Get one attached. of the two. We, we have good choices to choose from. Rich, thanks so much for coming on with us. And definitely, like we said at the beginning, we want to have you come back. We'll do. We'll get into your story and, and let uh, you tell the, your story. And we can all learn from everything you've done everything, everywhere you've been. Love it. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much yeah, for coming nice on with us. Yeah, nice to meet you guys. Thanks, so thanks much, Nick. Nice. Yeah, good to see you.